I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You don't buy Cristiano Ronaldo to win the league, people. Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Monday, 29th of November. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Lars Watson. Yes, you are. Hi, guys. Nice to see you all. Hello. How's it going? All right. Good. Glad. I like it when you say your name, Lars. Do you? I'm sad I don't have an opportunity to try and do your lovely accent. Lars Watson. Watson. (laughs) But if I were to do that, then Jim would just take the piss out of me, like... Possibly. The Giroux thing. Yeah, well, you know, it happens, doesn't it? Empathy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, good to be back, everybody. Thank you for providing such lovely rambles for my lonely little birthday. Um, anyway, we're going to talk about Chelsea, Manchester United, Jorginho I think we should. with both goals. What a guy. Yeah, really, really contributing to the, to the neutral enjoyment of that game. Yeah. I, I always... <laughs> Because he's such a metronome, and because you know when he takes a penalty, he's highly, highly likely to score. Is he? It's, Italy. Well, well, yeah, but mm-hmm. generally speaking, you trust him, don't you? I think I think of Jorginho as like a, just a really boring player, and you need like which is a very backhanded compliment, but is a compliment because you need those players that just get the same job done every single time. So he's yeah. he's really stepped it up here. 
He's yeah. really. I would not have expected him to be the guy it's that brought true. all the fun. He just thought, this is a boring game now. Someone's going to have to take some responsibility <laughs> yeah. and inject some fun. And yeah. we both know I can't do it going forward. <laughs> going to have to do it the other way. Yeah. Someone's going to have to do it. Going to make this a challenge for ourselves. Yeah. We're looking ahead to this game. Obviously, Ben Chilwell, you talked about this on Friday. He's he's out and that's a real shame yeah. given his form at the moment. And Gallardo Kante could be back next week. They were both injured in the, the win against Juventus. So Chelsea were obviously lacking some men, but this is not the scoreline that anyone would have predicted, Jim. No. I mean, even even having seen the game, yes. I don't feel like it mm. that, that scoreline is correct. I just, it's, it looks a lot more, on paper, that looks like, okay, Man United are making a little bit of progress here, but it's like, no, Chelsea just sort of like forgot to score again. Mm. It was three minutes in when the commentator first said, De Gea to the rescue. Yeah. yeah. It's like, all right, this is that was, kind of game. There was a bit of that. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I think Timo Werner, again, God bless him, we are kind of running out of ways of saying this, but like his commitment to the art of not scoring yeah. and, and the, the, the myriad different ways of missing chances, I think he's, he's really exploring things. But is it even I so mean, much, he, yes, obviously missing chances, but he had something like six or, six or seven well, yes. shots, none of which were on target. No, so he's just kind of like a conceptual artist at this point. Yeah. Like really he's caught on to this concept of just being a striker who does a lot of things right but not scoring. How far can we take this? Yeah. Can we really like find new and interesting ways of not scoring yes. but he, is he doing things right I mean is he getting into the right positions I feel like they talked a bit about this on Match of the Day as well yeah. it, it, it seems as though he, there's something not quite clicking creatively yeah it's funny isn't it? it's, I almost feel like he must have scored a lot of missed kicks in Germany because like, oh. his numbers were ridiculous like really really good but it, it just seems I mean they, they had his numbers up on Match of the Day yesterday and it was something like he got six league goals last season, whereas before that, obviously in in Germany, it's far far greater than five, that. And obviously, yeah, they're yeah. different leagues, different teams, different environments. But I, I still can't shake the idea that like he will get a run of form at some point where he starts scoring consistent consistently, and that'll be it. It'll become a bit more reliable. Mm, Chelsea with twenty four shots to Manchester United's three. Yeah, so wary of of sort of descending into sort of cod psychoanalysis rather Please, than, rather than <laughs> He looks comparing him to what he was like in Germany. He feels like a bit of an instinctive finisher. Like a lot of his goals, if you look back to his goals for Leipzig, a lot of them are like snapshot finishes mm. and like really quick actions when he doesn't have time to think about it. Yes. And I do wonder if he's he's thinking a lot about many things at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and and that is to his detriment. Also, just from a very basic tactical perspective, he often played next to like Yusuf Poulsen or Patrick Schick as like a target man in the last season when he was very good and had someone to bounce off of, some, some, some sort of Giroud character. Mm. Uh, whereas he's often been either asked to lead the line as here or to mm. come in from the flank and he just doesn't seem quite comfortable to me. But you think he and Lukaku might be able maybe, to strike up Maybe Lukaku can be, his, uh, can be his Yusuf Poulsen. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's so something no one's, about... No one's ever required Lukaku. <laughs> Romelu, Romelu, you have to be more like Yusuf Poulsen. Like that, that is an instruction he's never had before. Is this Lawrence giving Thomas Tuchel tactical tips? No, yeah. not at all. <laughs> well, like, if anyone's going to listen to that kind of thinking, Thomas Tuchel would be like, oh, oh yeah, something yeah, I was yeah, considered. Well. But it's, it is sort of the curse of the a certain type of Chelsea striker, isn't it? It's a lonely place. Fernando Chelsea. Torres, Shevchenko, Morata, a lot of just like bereft looking men floating <laughs> around not scoring. It's weird. Yeah. It's, it's a consistent thing with them. I wouldn't have necessarily put them in a bucket together either. This is That's what he, a very big bucket. This is what Jim does. He clarifies, <laughs> cuts to the heart of the matter. Uh, yeah, interesting, I thought, to see Michael Carrick being so emphatic about the fact that Ralph Rangnick hadn't 
had any impact on yeah. that game. I think I know what that is. No, Tell me. He didn't ask me to drop Ronaldo. He didn't ask me me to do it, so it becomes easier for him to do it later. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No, oh, that was my own choice. Right. I, I just figured because it's the last United eleven he's picking for a while, he felt he probably could drop Ronaldo and like it wouldn't come back on him. He can yeah. actually just pick the team he wanted, which might not have had Ronaldo in it. But it but Giving that, him a that might be useful for Rangnick though, isn't it? Because it sets that precedent to Ronaldo that's like this might happen. Yeah, yeah, there. possibly. I think most of all United, they went back to what they were quite because we've got to remember under Solskjaer. Solskjaer delegates a lot. Mm. So the coaches who are still there would have had... <laughs> Tactical analysis. No, he does. He delegates Strategy. quite... Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Well, he lets the coaches do a lot of things and think for themselves and have a lot of input. So the team, they're all still kind of there. And it was interesting to me then that the team approached this in the same way they approached a lot of the big games over the last two years, which is uh, to sit quite deep and to play with a kind of a diamond and, and to have Rashford and Sancho in this case kind of hitting, going wide on the counter. That's a recipe we've seen from them quite a bit on the Solskjaer. Mm. And they were often quite successful in the big games doing that. And I think they were kind of going back to that blueprint more than anything. So do you think the thing about them being able to press, obviously without Cristiano Ronaldo, is as ba- since you're in COD psychology corner at the moment, is as basic <laughs> as, yeah, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has left, despite the fact that obviously Carrick has been there the whole fucking time? Well, it's not like... It's not like they were pressing very high in this game because that's not the kind of game it ended up being. No. But I just think they, they maybe have a little bit I more I mean, more the kind the of counter. hustling, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't know. I am intrigued to see, like, I'm sure you talked about Ragnik a lot before the weekend, but but how that dynamic is going to work because Ronaldo is really the opposite of his sort of philosophy and his tactical approach. Uh, Ragnik is a very distinguished coach and a, and a guy who's rightly, you know, revered, who's, who's built up clubs and done all He's always like working with like young, uh, malleable players mm. with, with low egos who will do what he says. <laughs> and and crucially, like if you ask him what the most important thing in football would be, is like everyone works together and everyone runs together. Like Ronaldo is the opposite of all of that. Yes. That's not to say he can't be an extraordinary player still in his way. But, but he's going to have to like figure that out because I don't think... Ragnar can come in on like a six month sort of half season basis <laughs> and like start dropping Ronaldo. It would be really funny if he did just to see the drama that would yeah. ensue, but I don't think he can actually do it. Was it not better? Was it not quite a good idea, Jim? And also, secondly, did you enjoy the little tussle in the studio about it? Oh, what the Roy King, King. and Jamie My Carragher. dog got Absolutely really worried wonderful. about that. I mean, oh, just, just, uh, yeah. She doesn't like conflict, some does of, she? No, just some of the pitches that were reached in the, in the, in the vocalizing. Uh, it, it That's really... just Jamie, generally, isn't it? <laughs> Keane goes high, though, doesn't he? When he gets really angry, which is... It's more the pauses that freak mm. me out. But, and I think that would actually mess with your dog as well. Mm. The pauses, you know, like when he was on about... What was he talking about? He's talking about, was it Carrick? Was it that Carrick was saying he was proud of the, the guys? But, oh, why has he been proud of the guys n- now? Yeah. It's like, all right, Pinter. It was... <laughs> yeah, he, um, they were agreeing with each other, essentially, weren't they? Jamie, so. Jamie Carragher was essentially saying, like, May not aren't that good now. Yeah. And Roy but, Keane is saying, yes, I agree. No, I thought but Carragher... In the f- kind of form of a fight. I think I thought Carragher's point was that they'd finished second last season. So if you're mm. not, surely the only signings you should be making are to attempt to win the yeah. league. Whereas clearly Cristiano Ronaldo doesn't seem to do that. 
Yeah, I mean, but I think that's kind of easy with hindsight, isn't it? Because we, we know that... I, don't think, it, I, think, bit... I think it was easy with whatever the opposite so, of hindsight well, is. Some of us said it at the time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm what, sure. What but, is I mean, the opposite of hindsight? But, um, foresight. foresight. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, I mean, it's scored, it's scored a lot of goals. You've been very ill. You've not been speaking to people a lot all the last 10 days, have you? Sorry, Jim, carry on. So, I mean, he was the top scorer in Serie A last season, was he not, Ronaldo? So, it's, it's you know, it's easy to think, well, what if you just trans transplant that onto a team that's lacking but something surely it'll work but clearly it's not as they went as backwards with exactly him. yeah so and, and people yourself included Lars warned against it happening and here we are because I'm a nerd uh, but, uh, <laughs> but I think the, the point also that they were making in the studio was that like if you're not good enough to like seriously compete for the title next year there's no point bringing in the 36 year old quick fix I mean that's that's the point it's like, not a quick completely. fix though yeah well, well they, they got him because he was available escape, right? but, the, but the point is like He's someone who, because he's only going to be there for two years, max. Yeah. So if your team isn't good enough to like challenge, then you'd want to build a team. That's I think that was the thinking anyway. I just thought it was funny watching the shouty men shout at each other. It was, good. It. it was one of those, does it even matter what they were saying? It was great content. Doesn't modern football philosophy suggest that buying these guys is not a good idea? Well, looking at Man United and PSG, it doesn't look like they've massively improved under this sort of uh, the, the superstar model that they're pursuing. Oh, I think they're going to come into their own PSG. All right, Manchester City beat West Ham. This is a tasty one in prospect. Uh, 2-1 the final score. Pep Guardiola seemed to think that the main winners were the guys with the little shovels. Yep. Well, they made it playable, didn't they? It was yeah. crazy over the weekend. Like oh. a, few, a few of the games, just abso- absolute madness. I enjoyed, I enjoyed it. it. Oh, I was definitely. Did you yeah, feel at home, like yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, no, it was good. It was good. Except at home, um, the stadiums in Norway where we get this, they're often with artificial turf, which has a big advantage, which is you can bring the tractor on to clear it. So you do, yeah, 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 you do see that occasionally uh, up at Tromsø and places like that in the winter when it snows in games. They actually have a tractor because it's more to, solid. To, yeah, so they can drag the thing without messing up the. the it's very good. Brilliant. Spurs have the retractable pitch, don't they? So they can have the NFL games there as well. Is what, there, you think we should have played on the NFL? No, but one? I wonder, would there have been? Would there be something in place at Spurs? It might have a little heater underneath Ooh. it. I suppose it's warmer in London anyway, isn't it? Maybe. Don't write in. Doesn't feel like it. Two <laughs> <laughs> one, the final score in that one. Lanzini with oh. the. Extra time goal. You got, you got to love an utterly pointless screamer. <laughs> it was beautiful, a completely wasn't it? redundant moment of magic. Yeah, absolutely lovely. Do you think? I think you're our okay. So cod psychology and snow. Oh no! Sorry, Doctor um, Lars. <laughs> Doctor Lars, do you what? What would you say in your experience of that genre of snow? Did that affect the, the outcome? genre of snow? Yeah, it was sort of busy. But it didn't, and it. I mean, lay. it was quite thick. I mean, <laughs> as a child, you you have played football in snow like that, and I mean, Gundogan was talking about it after the game, and it is a real thing. Like the problem is, you get actual snowflakes in your eyes. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it is true. He was saying this is something. Like, yeah, absolutely, can be a challenge. And I was kind of surprised. Well, not surprised, but kind of impressed by Man City for maintaining the level of control they did. Because when the conditions become like that, and you're facing like a st- physically strong team like West Ham, mm. who are happy to go quite direct, mm. you would think that those conditions would favour West Ham, uh, and, and that they would make more of it. Uh, but, but Man City kind of stayed in control uh, of the game, I thought, and did well. Yeah, it didn't start so strongly when it looked as though, for West Ham, I mean, when it looked as though Lucas Fabianski was being booed for time-wasting within about 10 minutes. To his immense credit, he then summoned a blizzard. I mean, if you're going to waste time, that's how you do it. Yeah. 
Wow, who knew he had that kind of power? Yeah, he's a powerful man, Fabianski. You know, he knows things. Apparently so. <laughs> Great stuff. It was impressive from them, though, wasn't it? To like just get on with it. Like City are so good at that. Like whatever challenges thrown in front of them, they just stick to their own game. And even extreme weather conditions are no match for Pep. Can I just be very petty and just say, mm. for fantasy Premier League reasons, the Lanzini strike, I had no time for it. <laughs> like, for God's sake, like the game is over. Like you're not going to... Just let me have a clean sheet on Cancelo. You Edison know? was fuming, wasn't he? I love <laughs> yeah. it when a goalkeeper, like, it's, it makes no difference to the result, but they're annoyed that they've not done their bit. Maybe there. he also had several City defenders in his <laughs> FPL team because he has a lot of confidence in them. I don't know. Liverpool 4, Southampton 0. I was uh, on Saturday this one. A couple of, a couple of good goals from Diego Jota. Man, I, I feel like we, he was underestimated at, at Wolves, but mm. perhaps that was just us not paying attention in a logical enough way. Interesting thing here. this uh, They kept banging on about Liverpool having scored. This is cool. They've scored two or more goals in their last 17 games. The first top flight team to do so since 1927. Seems like wow. the sort of stat that, mm. yeah, I suppose people can dig out. Someone's sure had who fun. It was. Someone's had Sunderland. Yeah, you saw the same thing I saw. No, I it's just know of all of the, day, the goal think, scorers yeah. of all of the games for the last 120 years. Thank you very much. <laughs> How do you think I got but, this job? Because when you say it, it's the, fir- for the first team to do it since Sunderland, you go, what? <laughs> Hang on. It's in 27. <laughs> uh, I guess. I mean, might as well be. Yeah, completely uh, believable. I don't know. Look, obviously it's cool particularly in the context of only four teams in the Premier League have a positive goal difference this season. Mm. The top three in West Ham, bamboozling. Do you guys have any theories on that? Well, I think it's the, the, it's the gap at the top, isn't it? Yeah. They're thumping everyone. The top three are very good. and They, they give various teams uh, a, 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 a paddling mm. uh, when they come up against them. And, um, and yeah, it becomes difficult. But yeah, but it, it is unusual, yeah. But there's a real gap between those three and, and the rest, basically. That said, clearly a 4-0 win is uh, possibly expected. Possibly we expected a few more given how quickly they were 2-0 up. But um, in terms of that not... I felt like Liverpool were looking a tiny bit vulnerable when when Southampton... They did have a few chances. There were a few, mm. few fairly major mistakes, including Thiago... I don't really know what the hell he was doing. Um, sort of trying to do a little shimmy. I'm not sure why. Mm. And then he ended up just putting the ball happily into Alisson's hands. But uh, James Ward-Prowse was all over that. Um, so, yeah, they did look, I thought, slightly weirdly vulnerable, Liverpool. Um, yes, I'm maybe trying to make a talking point from a 4-0, but mm. do you agree at all? I think, you know, you're always going to have a little moment in a game, but if it if it is one singular moment like that in a in a comfortable 4-0 win when you're leading from the second minute, <laughs> I, I would love them to be more vulnerable because um, <laughs> we have to play them again. Um, but oh, I, God, I, sorry, I, I yeah. don't think, um, I, I don't think that's going to bite them too hard. Tiago had a really good game. I think he's on a bit of nice run of form. He's got a wreck in him. Come on, help me with this, Lars. <laughs> I, I almost feel like it's selfish to say it because it's going to be said almost every week until like January. But the big thing with Liverpool is what happens when the Africa Cup of Nations runs around. Yes, and you lose uh, Mane and Salah and, and Keita for for quite a long time, and then suddenly you, maybe doesn't look quite as strong because the squad depth there isn't quite the same as in mm. other top teams. It's an interesting one this year, the Afcon in general, isn't it? Because it's I mean there's. There's a World Cup coming up as well. It's, a, it's another tournament mm. for a lot of those players. It's just going to knacker them out for the whole of next year. Yeah, and for all of our African listeners, we know it's a big tournament. Oh, I, oh yeah. We no, fully respect yeah. it. I absolutely didn't Not mean it like that. Happen. I mean, that's, that's one of the things. If you want uh, those absolutely brilliant players, then you, you know, of course you're going to go play for the countries, obviously. Yeah, quite right. Um, Ralph Hasnahutl says his tactics in the first half were a mistake. 
laws. Fair enough. But, but I feel like with Hasenhutl, maybe I'm being harsh. I feel like he's kind of stuck at Southampton. And Southampton are kind of stuck. I feel like there's not a lot of forward momentum there with that club. No. This and, is cool he, for me, but I saw him do the post-match and I was like, oh, still there, are we? Because he's kind of like, he was very highly regarded in Germany before he came over. You know, he did great work with Ingolstadt, getting them promoted and finished, you know, solid mid-table. He was uh, Ralf Ragnick, incoming Ralf Ragnick. After he coached, uh, after he got promoted with Leipzig, he sort of stepped aside and put in Hasenhutl to replace himself, basically, mm-hmm. uh, when he was sporting director there. And and Ragnik regards him very, very highly. And I think it was a bit of a surprise around Europe when he took Southampton. Like, he was someone who people thought, after finishing second in the league with Leipzig, you know, would have a run at a bigger club. Yeah. And then he's gone to Southampton and it just kind of hasn't kicked on. And I think there are people at Southampton fans who are not massively happy with how it's going yeah. either. So that feels like a union that's kind of like gradually turning in, into something that maybe maybe both could do well to try something else. Yeah, I, don't know. I think a facet of, of Southampton under, under him is that they're never that far away from a slump. You mm. know, And obviously mm. the nine nils are... are st- straight well seemed like it first seemed like an anomaly it's strange that it happened twice but like they do go on these runs of just being a bit like they seem like they lack confidence you know yeah and he wants to play really like sort of in your face push high up everyone runs around type of football yeah. which which is I think it's, it can be risky when you're dealing with a team that sort of individually doesn't maybe have the quality uh, it, it can be very dangerous I don't know write in and be angry with me if I'm wrong about stuff here Southampton but I just feel like that whole situation has got a bit stale in a way that's yeah. not ideal for either manager or club well it, it it feels to me it's more likely to go backwards and forwards yeah and, and 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 I like him and I think there's some good players in this team I just kind of feel like maybe a new direction is needed there if that's a bit Last something in for Lick Moore. Just really this woolly, morning. very <laughs> woolly cod psychology here. Let's move on. Lovely to see that. Uh, yes, let's. We're going to get to a break now and then after that we'll be back with so much more football. We better hurry. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm quite a placid guy. <laughs> yes, you are. 
S-U-R. Welcome back to the Football Ramble. Oh, it's me, Jim and Lars in your ears this morning or afternoon or evening or whenever. Listen to us all the time on repeat. Please do it. Let's get the four to score update before we go any further. We shall see how we got on in Betway's four to score. Entry to Betway's four to score is free each week. Pick the first goal scorer in the four selected games for your chance to win the weekly £50,000 jackpot. Make sure your selections are submitted before the first game. Further T's and C's apply. Okay, who do we pick, Jim? Game one, Brentford versus Everton. Brian and Buemo is who you went for. The result was Ivan Tony. Game two, Manchester City versus West Ham. Pete picks Yarmolenko. The answer was Ilkay Gundogan. Good pick. Game three, Leicester v Watford. Andy, on his voice note, picked for us Jamie Vardy. A bit back on the straight and narrow there. Well done, Andy. But the answer was James Madison. Game four, Chelsea, Manchester United. Marcus went for Reese James. The answer was Jaden Sancho. We will be back for another round of Ford Score on the preview show this Friday. If you've got something for us, shoveramble.com. Oh, indeed. Ben's been in touch. He says, in the aftermath of Burnley's disgraceful late cancellation today against the Spurs, I think if a team cancels a game within four hours of kickoff, they should have to play the reschedule fi- fixture at the opponent's ground. Mm. So if you can't be asked to install undersoil heating or even buy tarps, you could lose your home advantage. With 4,000 Spurs fans already there, mm. they could have kicked the snow off that pitch. The 12 groundsmen Bur- Burnley felt appropriate to employ at 12.45 on the day was just nonsense. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that is that is annoying, isn't it? It was a, very That is annoying. an annoying trip to have to make in that weather and then just go home again. Yeah, friends of mine who are covering the game were pretty upset about it because then you're also stuck in like a... You're just stuck in the snow in your car, gazing into the middle distance, mm. hating life. That's no fun. No. Um, do, yes. do they not have under-soil heating? Agree. Surely they must have under-soil heating. This was this whole debate. Although, Ben, um, I feel like obviously you're being mean to the I'm slightly not, I'm poorer just clubs. Not not you, Lars. Ben, he wrote in. we got to lay into the listeners. That's the part of this <laughs> okay, segment. Fair enough, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, either way, I would say you got to play in... if you as an alternative suggestion for like uh, if you do this what do you have to do what's the penalty I guess topless topless mm. <laughs> in, in the cold for the next <laughs> game if it's still cold yeah. not if Sean it's Dice wouldn't mind that would he he, he did his little hard man thing no way out there with no I'm interested on. to get your two take on that because I thought that was pretty lame yeah I, agree. I think it's embarrassing because also he was like every Twitter this is the Twitter way, isn't it? Twitter was absolutely fucking loving it for about yeah, ten minutes, really? and then there were the there was the rehash after that. Yeah, but like, retaining uh, body heat is for wussies. <laughs> first point is he would have come out Pansies of and weirdos. His, his office or whatever. He's come from not very far. He's been in a warm room two seconds ago. Yeah. Everyone else is like in their coats because they're hanging around and they don't have a manager's office necessarily to go back to or whatever. Um, and second of all, he's definitely wearing like two or three layers under the shirt, yeah. so it was obviously well, a big, that's big old setup. Maybe so well insulated, he actually didn't need a jacket. So I feel like I need some context. What depends? How long do we know? How long he was out there? Because that's the only thing I think. Listen, long enough you, to post for a fuck. Well, a lot of well, thoughts. well. If you've been in the office, because sometimes when it's very cold outside, people turn all the heating in up to like really high, and then you get overheated inside. True. And he was yeah. just going to go straight outside and smell the air and see, you know, can, <laughs> I got caught. Can, can the ball bounce and then you know, yeah. straight back in. And in those circumstances, fine. If you there's not, but. As someone who grew up in a pretty cold country, and I've lived in an even colder one, I lived in Finland for a bit. Like, if you just willfully decide to underdress, that, that that's not being hard. That's just being an idiot. Like, <laughs> like retaining body heat is a useful part of surviving as a human being. Like, there's no need to sort of walk around in a shirt. Also, as snow is wet, 
Yeah. Yes, it, 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 and he, it was falling. Yes, so walking around in a white shirt. Maybe it, it was waterproof. We don't know. Yeah, there could be. He obviously had planned sure this stunt for some. Because I think the sort of Sean Dyche wet T-shirt is not like <laughs> isn't the sort of national pastime we've all been waiting for. No. Well, given that ninety percent of your body heat is lost out of your head anyway, would it have been better, Jim, if he'd just been in a hat, but also yeah. the same guest? So maybe this should be the punishment: the players can wear hats, mm. but they have to be topless. I think okay. they, I think they should all be playing the game in snowshoes. Nice. No yeah. yeah. How do they? But would you not kick out of them by? Oh yeah, it'd be ridiculous. Yeah, it'd be carnage. Yeah, which, you, is, which is what I want. Is it like a ski Lars, snowshoes? No, like, it's like a big thing that you wear so you don't go through. I mean, the in thing. terms of access, do you stamp your foot down in order to like? You have to, you have to strap up, strap, strap into on. The thing. Okay, yeah, yeah. so maybe you would be able to keep it on while kicking. Yeah. You're so into this, Jim. Mm. I think James Tarkovsky and Ben Me sort of just sort of trying to make. It would be good. <laughs> Black Maxwell Cornish, like, what have I done? Why did I go to this club? This is weird. <laughs> okay, well, if you've got any other ideas, I'm sure this will come up again, uh, given that it's supposed to be the coldest winter ever coming up. Brilliant, can't wait. Um, we've been talking quite a lot on emails about the longest dissatisfying away trips as well, just in, in another note about the Spurs game, which was obviously called off due to snow. Um, at Burnley, due to be at Turf more. Two Spurs fans made a 31-hour journey from Dallas in the US to Burnley for the game to be called off. What was it? 30, 45 minutes before yeah. kickoff, wasn't it? That is unfortunate. Um, they did this like hilariously sweet tweet that then obviously went viral. I think Harry Kane has now invited them to come to the next home game as his guest. Mm. Did you see um, that absolute Grinch, speaking of Grinches, on, on the football Grinches, on Twitter that found a tweet from the guy where he'd said, oh, I think, well, I think we should sell Kane, essentially. Like, oh, oh, the guy tweeted, this guy from Dallas. on, yeah. Yeah. Oh, just, well. God, just a bad person, really. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> really Not underwhelming the guy from Dallas, the guy yeah. who found, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't, I'm, I'm impressed with him for having not slept for 31 hours. That sounds yeah. absolutely nightmarish. Uh, the second half of, in more snow news, the second half of Livingston versus Rangers. Uh, that was Giovanni Bonconco's second game in charge. That was delayed because Rangers fans were apparently throwing snowballs at the home keeper. Yeah, I mean, I think as is their duty as fans, really. Yeah, I think so. See more of that over the weekend. Is it? I guess the keeper was just because he was the easiest within yeah. range. Less commitment to the wingers. Anyway. Yeah, it's hard because you have to get. I think as long as the snowballs aren't too icy, then mm. I approve of this. Yeah, true. You don't. I mean, they can be a bit hard, and then they can be a bit problematic. But if not, top stuff. As long as you've done that. That's fine by us. Show at footballramble.com or tweet us at footballramble. And if you need some advice, email us. <laughs> Rangers fans were really keen on my approval, by the way. <laughs> Famously, they really they really need people to... Yeah. <laughs> what does the ramble make of this? Well, if you want to know, <laughs> yeah. um, please do email us. Uh, however trivial your dilemma is, we will answer it on Wednesday on Pep Talks. A bit of chaos in the snow in Leicester as well. Leicester 4, Watford 2 in this one. Jamie Vardy... Did score, but not first, as discussed. The first goal was from James Madison. Interestingly, it's the first win, Jim, for Leicester since October the twenty fourth. That was against Brentford. Yeah, they've been on a slide, haven't they? And you know, they've not been particularly great, but um, they were they were very very good again here. Like Brendan Rodgers clearly got them got them listening and. I don't know, maybe it was Jamie Vardy had the opportunity to be an absolute dick in front of his old manager and that fired him up. That was weird, that wasn't going. it? Was that weird? That was weird. It, well, well, it was consistent though, wasn't it? I love he it. He celebrated I in front of Claudio Ranieri if you didn't see, guys. It's brilliant. It's br- like he ran, fueled entirely ran by Agro and Red Bull. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't even understand it as a concept though. Well, it's just like he's a bit of a pantomime villain in a sense, isn't he? And I, I just, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. I can't. 
I can't claim to understand why he thinks in the way he does. I don't know if I want to. I think I, I prefer the surprise as he keeps doing it in, in, in new and creative and brilliantly Jamie Vardy ways. He's my favourite player in the league. Long may it continue. <laughs> um, but I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, uh, You know, we spoke last week as well about James Madison finding some form because um, obviously he's good in the Europa League as well. And that is hugely, hugely important to getting them clicking again. And, and he, he seems to have done that. Mm. Can I just, as as a stranger to these lands, kind of ask you a question about the the bugle thing at the start of the game at the King Power? The there's bugle like a, thing. yeah, there's a been sort of there's a bugle, there's music. Okay. There's I'm like a sure horn type of, of thing. Are you not aware? No. Oh, there's a, there's a big sort of bugly musicy thing. You're I'll probably talking, know it. You're like, not talking about the last post, are you? Mate? No, no. Well, that would be really weird if they yeah. played the last post before every, <laughs> every game. game. Well, that would just not really. Although set, it, they'd get to that kind of stage. That for wouldn't a while, set, it wouldn't it? set the tone. No. Um, no. This which, which seems. But what I was asking, does it like signal the start of the fox hunt or something? Because they're the foxes. <laughs> I don't. Is think that why it's there? Maybe. But what I want to bring. This is what I'm saying. They are the foxes. So if it's the start of the hunt, then that's clearly very bad. That's an excellent point. Maybe it's the opponents doing it every time. It's a little dig at them. Just sneaking it in. Yeah. It was like Josh King had it like in his knapsack. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't want to rile them though, do you? You get vardied. That's true. Can you get inside Jamie Vardy's head, Lars? No. <laughs> it's not safe to even think about it, I don't it? want... I don't, God bless him. I don't want to know what's going into there. But please, write in, listeners. Let's <laughs> the thing with the bugle. Yeah. We need oh, some yeah, answers. Yeah. You. That's a great idea. If, if it is a fox hunt thing, then why? <laughs> it's not... A, I mean, I can, I can tell you, Pat, okay. it's not a fox hunt okay. thing. Yeah. That would be truly extraordinary. Very strange. Uh, we also want to get on to Brentford 1, Everton 0. Ivan Tony with the only goal in this one from the penalty spot. 19 out of 20 penalties scored, Jim Campbell. Just saying. It was... Get him in. One of the coolest penalties I've ever seen. Get him seen. on the boat. Yeah. It was fantastic, wasn't it? So cool. He's talking after the game about how it stresses his mum out, which is weirdly adorable. Um, but yeah, it just... Oh, just He did a walk-up rather than a run-up. Do you know what I mean? That's I've not so seen that before. <laughs> yeah. so it was the podcasting equivalent of a stuttering run-up. Yeah. <laughs> Jim could go anywhere with this. Yeah. I don't know. I felt like I need to commit to a side here. Yeah, <laughs> you dink it down the middle. Yeah. His confidence seems to be because if Very you remember, high. I think we've talked about this before, but you know he was a top scorer in League One, then in Championship, and he's like, yeah. I want to be top scorer in Premier League too. A lot was made of of the fact this is his first home goal of the season, but like clearly he, you know, he's used to scoring goals in that stadium. It looks like that's not in his head, and as long as it's not in his head, it doesn't matter, does it? Yeah, they're good, Brentford. Can I just um, I, I offer to offer to not just to play devil's advocate, but I would like to offer a defence of Everton. Okay, cause because Rafa people Benitez, are kind of Rafa Benitez says that he understands the yeah. fans' frustrations. Can but he? I do understand. Listen, no wins in the last seven, five defeats in the last six. Obviously, that's not a good time. Uh, but but let's let's just very briefly. And also, you, like, please tell me you're never going to like defend yourself in court or anything. This is how like you start your defenses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did. Listen, obviously, Everton obviously, fans. I st- if you're listening, I, I punched the lad, but you know. <laughs> He was being a twat. <laughs> Sorry, Lars. No, but let's, listen, let's go through this run of defeats, right? Not, no wins. First one was a draw against United. Yeah, not terrible. Uh, then defeat versus West Ham. That was a very even game. Could have gone either way. Mm. And then there was the defeat versus Watford, which was kind of disgraceful. Like The way that collapsed was not good. I'm not going to defend mm. that. The defeat against Wolves was a game of two halves. They were dreadful in the first half, but they were really decent in the second and were worth at least a point. Against Tottenham, I thought they were the better team. Unfortunate not to get anything or not to win. Uh, they got pummeled by City, but then most people do. 
and and now they lost against Brentford again. This was a really even game that that could have gone either way. So this whole run of they've only really been super bad in the second half uh, against Watford, where they just collapsed in a mm. disgraceful manner, and in the first half against Wolves, in which you know that was bad. Aside from that, they've been competitive. You know they they played okay, but they they do really lack some edge up front with Calvert Lewin missing. Yeah, something like that though with those kinds of what do you call them red letter defeats or whatever those two they yeah. do sometimes become kind of touch points about the mentality of the squad and then of course the additional problem is obvious with Rafa Benitez like mm. he's so vulnerable to the the dislike of the support right yeah I just I think just from this one name if if you had Cavalu instead of Rondon up top and like Rondon is is Rondon and he was brought in as a backup striker when they didn't really have one and they couldn't really spend any money and uh, I've been a big uh, Rondon excuse or a Rondon truther over the years but I think I have to acknowledge that it is not looking great. Well, yeah. the, the disgrace about Calvert-Lewin of course was that he didn't even play and he took time out at half time to do yeah, an advert. To do an advert. Just, just disgusting. Like, okay, do that. Yeah, live right, adverts right, these yeah. days. I know, if anyone didn't see that, it was difficult. Mike Parry of the Cinnamon Challenge fame yeah. uh, criticising Calvert Lewin for being in an advert when which Brent, was screened at half time. Brentford while he were already was 1 0 up. <laughs> yeah, just like, he knows it, it's cultural bullshit, isn't it? Yeah. He knows what he's doing. He's just deliberately being an idiot to wind people up, but well, evidently it's working. Oh, it would have been fine. If it had been 0 0 or Everton had been 1 0 up, it would have been fine to have that wee advert in there. But as it was not so much yeah Everton sitting 14th in the table for all that Lars I see it's you know it's a good point and perhaps Brentford is a a point where they might have Brentford are just kind of good. I think we need to. I think we still have this mentality of Brentford as oh no, you've lost to a newly promoted like tiny team. I just think by but on their performances, they're just a solid mid-table team. Brentford so far, they're just really good. Yeah, they deserve to be there. I think isn't the issue with Everton in terms of. where they want to be going, like yeah. they they don't want to be playing even games. They want to be dominating games. They no. want to go into a game as that, a favourite and come that, out with three points. That's and they're fair. not really doing that that much. I don't know if you're still. I don't know if you're a few games back on Brentford though, because they've not been on that wonderful form in recent weeks, right? Losing three one to Burnley and losing to Norwich. Like this is not the mark of a team that is in a good moment as Michael Carrick put it after the no, United game I agree game. they were not good against Norwich but, but the draw against Burnley I think that's just a rite of passage for new Premier League managers yeah. like you have to go to Turf Moor and just lose and, and just get diced at some point before you can truly call yourself a Premier League manager mm. so I think that was part of the journey for Thomas Frank this season Burnley oh, okay so it's like a, the equivalent of singing a song in front of your team yeah yes. they are an incredible which also I would annoying. not want to do <laughs> I was just going to say that I th- think about Burnley, we will look back on them in, in years and go, how did they do what they do for so long? It's, it is an incredible achievement on the budget they're on um, to just like, to, it's like they've snuck into the Premier League and no one's noticed. Yeah, they fair do, enough. They do their own really unique thing and it's, it's just to be applauded for, for the fact that Dyche has managed to keep it up for so long. I know they're in the relegation zone at the moment, but so I'm sure you, they'll be fine. You're totally right, but I am starting to worry that this is the season because... One thing they're in the relegation zone with a game in hand, yeah. But also, just like Norwich look less incompetent mm. now. Newcastle are going to spend. You look at it, Watford are kind of looking dangerous under Ranieri now with all the pace they have on the counter. So, should look around. Are there three teams Burnley can finish above the season? I think could be a tight one. Yeah. Another team who are possibly getting underestimated. No, Brighton. They're not. Brighton, Brighton, Brighton. They drew 0 0 with Leeds. Um, and there were boos yeah. at the Amex at full time. Graham Potter shaking his head in disbelief. I think reasonably so. I know some people think we're like over positive about Brighton, partly because we got old Jules, who's, you know, 
rightly so. Also because we watched Brighton play the football. That's true. And but that also, makes as you in, positive about Brighton. Sure, but I just mean in the context of the ramble, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. quite often with, there's a focus on the top uh, teams and Brighton wouldn't necessarily fall into that category. However, Yet. they're ninth in the table. And as Graham Potter said afterwards, I disagree with them completely, the booers, I guess. Yeah. We're sitting eighth as they were in the Premier League, but maybe I need a bit of a history lesson at this football club. Maybe I need a bit of a history lesson. No, he yeah. said maybe, yeah, maybe he, yeah. A history lesson, he's saying we're uh, so doing way better maybe than Maybe he was like ever. being sarcastic and saying, I mean, yeah. if you're so unhappy being, because they were eighth when the game finished, like if you're so unhappy with this, maybe you have to teach me about how great you've been in the past yeah. so I can understand. I thought, that was, I thought I like that's it. what he was going for. Strong. They, they were, okay, the season before he was brought in, they finished 17th. They were two points away from getting going down. Yeah. And like looking at XG and stuff for that season, it was basically very even between them and some of the teams that did go down they were they were you know, they were lucky not to yeah very lucky not to go down and they're playing really good really well they're playing really good <laughs> I speak the English so great um, they, they they're playing really well and they're top half of the table I don't understand what you're complaining about they're, they play really well in this game um, in my note Tariq Lamptey made junior Firpo look like senior Firpo oh, oh yes Oh, now I'm glad we didn't drop the bit about Brighton. <laughs> totally worth it. Come on, well, you know, Tyrone Lamptey is a delight to watch. He's certainly, mm. and he's been, of course, out for a period of the time in mm-hmm. the season. Uh, yeah, we're not booing Graham Potter. Do yeah, Potter, stick off for your team. I like it. Do you think it's a bit of paranoia creeping in from the from the fan base because the problem Brighton have had under Potter pretty much the whole time he's been there is not quite having enough of the clinical edge to finish games off and like just just being essentially quite low scoring which can come back to bite you so maybe, I don't know maybe they're just a bit worried that actually the start of the season was was a was yeah. not representative of where they are and, and I guess that this is more like it it's something about and that's true in fairness to the fans there is something about when you go to the football like you're very tense all the time yeah. mm. and like scoring a goal is like a release of tension mm. and in this case the tension was not relieved uh, so you were a bit frustrated yeah. at the end as if enough wasn't going on in the Premier League, in English football, generally speaking, let's have a little check into the Copa Libertadores, please. Where we found some of the most delightful time wasting I've seen in really many months, I would I say. I think this is an all time great. Yeah, I think so. So basically, what happened was Davison um, scored the winner. It's 2 1. Palmeiras beat Flamengo 2 1 after extra time to win the Copa Libertadores and defend their title. That is not the main point here at all. Davison was patted on the back by the referee. <laughs> so it was more like a kind of a, yeah, yeah. to be fair, like a kind of a pushing like a move on with things move yeah, on yeah, with yeah. things it was a firm it wasn't, pat on the it back. was yes it was a it was a tap even mm, one yeah. might say and he went down yeah, he, was, yeah down. he felt the contact yeah. you know he was entitled to go down but he had that there was contact Jeff he, yeah, it was absolutely that was yeah, it yeah. but he had that little pause where he remembered <laughs> oh, oh, there's been contact oh, down I go off I go he looked back though which surprised me yeah because he looked back and saw it was the ref and still went down yeah well, you know, it's time wasting, isn't it? This is what it is. Like he has sacrificed his dignity for about, you know, knocking twenty, thirty seconds off the clock, maybe. I reckon he wasn't aware it was the ref. He thought someone had had given him a slap now, and so off I go. Well, mm. Best safe than sorry, right? Yeah. Really, it might have it might have been an opponent. Who knows? Yeah. He really self massaged himself back into action quite <laughs> yeah. quite slowly, but got there. Um, in the end, it's it wasn't erotic undertones from it Mason wasn't today. the mm. most astonishing piece of 
time-wasting or bizarre well, going down under pressure? Whether, whether it was better or worse than Deverson, it's hard to say, because Deverson was special. But I want to flag up an incident in the Norwegian league, which I don't often get to do, uh, where you had a situation where Viking of Stavanger were 3-2 up away in a difficult away game to Kristiansund. They just scored what looks like the winning goal, a couple of minutes into injury time. And just inexplicably, one of their defenders is incredibly angry with his goalkeeper and starts pushing his goalkeeper. He gives him a good shove and then he gives him a second good shove. <laughs> and at that point, the goalkeeper goes down clutching his face, yeah. which raises just several issues. Like you have, first of all, a defender attacking his own goalkeeper for no reason, just as he won the game. Yes, and second of all, the goalkeeper exaggerating to get, get his teammates sent off, basically. Which he was, <laughs> yes, right? Yes, picked up a, a, a canny red there, yeah. There's got to be... <laughs> I, I, I want to know what this, this drama is there. What's gone on between these two you, men that they hate each other this much? Well, they much? put out a photo from the airport in which they held a they held together a chocolate called Smile. So uh, to, just to say they saw smiles now. Yeah, so wait, you think that's what pushed them over the edge? It's just two men knows they have to sit in a pretty cramped flight for the rest of the yeah. evening trying to get home. Okay, It was very strange behaviour. And, and it does raise the question, which is stupider attacking your old goalkeeper or then milking it to get the player sent yeah. off it's, it's very eccentric he didn't very actually odd. push him in the face either did no, he? no it was a push in the chest and the goalkeeper went down sort of oh, face can you milk some Norwegian contacts Lars and find out what the real <laughs> yeah. secret beef is I refuse to milk any of my Norwegian contacts very sensible <laughs> Everything's as I've heard as I've heard milking contacts secret beef very <laughs> what's happened today <laughs> That sounds like a, uh, <laughs> that sounds like a film title. <laughs> well, we'll leave you guys to look that one up. Uh, thanks for listening to the Football Ramble, part of the Acast Creator Network. Out thanks of for being so creative, Lars. Nice to see you. I can only apologise. <laughs> <laughs> nice to see you too, Jim. You too. As ever, love your shacket. On tomorrow's show, it's Marcus Fish and Pete. We'll see you then. Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.